Hi, Michelle. Hi, Josh. It's so good to see you. You too. Uh, there are microphones between us. Yeah. We have our incredible Bobby Dart, who's recording us uh, by video and by microphone. And we're kind of going to do a, a bonus podcast thing uh, for folks who listen to the Mile High podcast and just kind of talk mm-hmm. and connect. I, I think we are always longing for a greater personal connection yeah. with people who are listening mm-hmm. to us. And this might be a way for them to get to know us better. And it's a good opportunity opportunity to connect with you. Too. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to connect and I think I think it's a great opportunity to really be more conversational than we get to be on Sundays or even in classes sometimes. So yes, it's yes, good. and mm-hmm. um, you know, so much going on in our personal lives, yes. so much going on in the world. It's a loaded question, but but how <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? I'm in a very busy time right now. I was just thinking about um, our initiative for the year about personal health and and wellness and that sort of thing. And I had a boundary set for myself that I wanted to only teach one class at a time. And I somehow fell into teaching three classes right now. And I've noticed that that's populated my schedule in a bit of a way that I feel very full. I'm, I'm spending you know, 10, 12 hours a day here at the church uh-huh. because of all that we do during the week. I find it funny when people say, what is it that you do during the week? Because <laughs> they think we just speak on Sundays, right? Right. But we have meetings and all sorts of stuff. So I am, I'm enjoying the teaching, but I can feel it's taking a little toll on my energy. Yeah. 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 It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very busy time. And I, I know I'm in trouble sometimes where, you know, I'm telling a story in class and I go, oh, shoot. Does this, <laughs> this, this, did I tell you this story last week or was this to the other class? And right. I know I'm a little frazzled, as good as the story may be. Yeah. And you have a young one at home, so you, you probably get awakened at night. Uh, with a baby wanting attention, a toddler wanting you to yes. soothe well, them back Well, we also to have sleep. a teenager who yeah. you know, consciously falls down the stairs to go cook <laughs> a burrito or whatever he's doing. And it's a it's a busy busy, busy time. time, and you know, for me too, there is a a sense of of um, lack of coherence sometimes with daily life that mm-hmm. busyness can do. And, you know, the the thing that came up for me a couple of weeks ago, doing some journaling, which I never do, you know, I write sermons, that's kind of my <laughs> journaling, but, and I, but I know you have a regular journaling mm-hmm, practice. Mm-hmm. But the statement was um, that your way of life should not be a result of your work but right. your work should be a result of your way of life. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm lacking that congruence mm-hmm. when, especially my ministry, but I think the administration and the management, all of that too, isn't grounded in a way of life that's um, founded in gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, that's focused on self-care, that's committed to spirit and seeing the divine in all aspects of my life when it's more um, attuned with the to-do list or with the yes. worries and concerns, that's when, you know, it's not that I don't do a good job anymore, but that's when things get fragmented and it's not as much fun. Right. Yeah, I saw a meme today, something about building a life that you love to live, not when you have to escape from. Yes. To feel whole and to feel at peace. And and it really hit me. You know, I spent my practice this morning trying really hard to just breathe and just be in the life that I'm in now and feel the energy of the divine energizing me into the day because I think we just kind of go woo a lot. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of 
pressure being a spiritual mm-hmm. leader in chaotic times. I want to get right. to that in a moment. Yeah. But to your line, I mean, that was my big thing breakthrough last year was around self-care. And it's like, I don't want to have to escape my life for right. self-care. Right. I want my um, life to be an example of mm-hmm. my self-care, to mm-hmm. have it in there every day. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do this ministry or spiritual leader business, I think if that isn't isn't first, it, uh, it, it, it bothers you, you know, or you mm-hmm. show up or I'm you know, worried I'm being full of shit, you know. <laughs> Uh, you're not walking the talk mm-hmm. and how I'm showing up for folks. And, um, you know, I know I know you, so I know you're always, <laughs> you know, walking your talk and always that, that sincerity. But, you know, anything about, you know, what might be the, the, the pressures of being a spiritual leader in these times? Well, of course, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the world to keep the average human being awake at night wondering what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a, a board member yesterday, and, and we were talking about, if you haven't wondered in the last few months if there really is a God, maybe there's something wrong with you, because there's this, this contemplation about what's happening to our world, this uh, un, unsettledness that impacts us too, and it impacts us not only as human beings participating in it, but I think also as spiritual leaders saying, how do I help people through these challenging times mm-hmm. in a way that is uh, spiritually grounded and yet uh, doesn't feel like spiritual bypass to people? Because people are confused and angry, and as empaths, we feel all that, and we want to respond to it, and we want to help people through it. But it's just an added pressure, I think, sometimes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just that that anxiety, that unsettledness, and right. I, I think sometimes you know we're all, you know, everyone in the spiritual world, is all about getting people back to church, while recognizing a lot of people are connected in different ways. Yes. But I do think you know, for a lot of people during the pandemic and and through so much transition in the country and in the world, there's not only a sense of a lack of spiritual connection, but a lack of wanting to pursue spirituality because they feel knocked off their course, or they mm-hmm. feel that there's something inherently wrong, or you know, a challenges one's faith uh, right. in spirit. And so I, I think that some people are are slow to re-engage where they maybe be, had a, a much more engaged spirituality or church attendance or, or spiritual community, whatever it looks like for them before, to get back because there is that anxiety and resistance because things have been so um, mm-hmm. difficult or isolating or anxiety-inspiring. Yes, and I, I would totally agree with you. And I think um, people, um, when we get confused or angry or frustrated, we can find the lofty ideals of any spiritual teaching. Uh, that dissonance feels like it's not a match, that I, I want to be where I am and be confused or angry or uh, just frustrated. And I don't want to think about God. I don't want to think about the spiritual truth of this issue. I just want to be pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, that and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think there's something about connecting in spiritual community that can help us find that balance mm-hmm. also. Yeah. And yeah. um you know just just um you're writing off of that, you know, this past Friday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big decision from the Supreme Court, right. uh, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade, which mm-hmm. is, is another way of saying that is for a long time in our country, we had mm-hmm. a precedent that a woman had, uh, you know, right to, to make uh, choices about her um, her health care, and the Supreme Court uh, turned it back and said, let's make this a state 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 issue mm-hmm. and you know i would say both as a spiritual leader and as a woman and you know so many people admire you and listening i'm just wondering you know the impact 
that that had on you and and how you respond as a as a spiritual leader with everything that you just said to you know something that you know no matter what people's position is has certainly shaken to the core mm-hmm. so many women in our, our our country who believe in their own personal right to make their own healthcare decisions. Well, I've got I've thought a lot about it and um and I think I've been where I was talking about people being I've been in that human place of shock and surprise at that. I also think as a a, a person I tend to be very uh, able to see a lot of viewpoints and I can totally understand why for some people in our world this feels like a better decision that women they're against abortion that sort of thing and for other people it feels like the absolute wrong decision because of our uh, our ability and our uh, belief in our country that we should have a right to choose so I can see all sides of it and I tend to to lean into choice personally more uh, as a human being I think that one of the greatest things about being a human and about um, being in America and about life in general is that we all get to choose the life we want to live and we make we make choices and we have consequences so I do personally tend to lean into the the right to choose it tends to be the place for me and I yet I understand and I can see all sides of it I think what um, what I also lean into is believing that we humans and we women will find a way around this that we can't even see just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, Roe versus Wade was the law of the land for a long time. And so maybe it's not, and maybe there's something even better that will restore uh, our ability to feel those choices coming about. I don't know what it is. That's the kind of thing that is hard to see. But at the same time, I understand why women are mad and why people are mad and want to scream and yell about it and want to be angry about it and want to say this isn't fair. Totally, totally mm-hmm. get that. Totally get that. And I find it, I, I have thought a lot about something I haven't said out loud much, but a lot of people want the church to get up and say, this is wrong. And I don't, I don't resonate with that. I can say I have a personal belief. Uh, I have personal beliefs about a lot of things. But I don't think that should be the way any church should, t- should speak out because many of us have left other churches because they tried to dictate morality to us. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to watch that tendency to say, well, Mile High Church or Science of Mind should stand up and tell people how they should be morally or politically. And we just... I don't resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I think you have a great gift. One of the things I love best about you, Josh, is you have a beautiful gift of really anchoring these concepts of spirituality into um, the issues of the day that trouble people and challenge people. And so I love listening to you speak when you take those on because it's just really refreshing and profound for me. So well, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And you know, I agree with your your position. And we always say that in our teaching that we're here to t- help people know how to think, not tell them what to exactly. to think. And you know, when it's an issue like this decision, you know, I always use the term collective wound. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that um, have to do with the history of our country about how we treat treated Native people, right. about uh, racism, mm-hmm. uh, and about the the how 
in, in misogynistic culture, mm-hmm. uh, we as, as a country men in particular have mistreated women throughout the yeah, years. And yeah. so when something like this happens, it touches upon the collective wound of the almost primordial memory mm-hmm. of the mistreatment of mm-hmm. women in our country and throughout out the world. And so it's infuriating. And yes. there's something yes. spiritual there in the sense where if you're not speaking up or not acknowledging that hurt, you're, you're I agree, kind mm-hmm. of part of the problem. And mm-hmm. me as a white dude, or <laughs> I'm called to listen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. here to fix the wound. I'm not here to put a Band-Aid on it, but, but I'm here to um, be an empowering uh, mm-hmm. presence for women no, no matter what and mm-hmm. you know the story I kept thinking of you know this weekend and uh, you know I've gotten to share it on a Sunday before is about Howard Thurman a black mm-hmm. theologian and he's walking uh, through a park with his two little girls in segregated Florida and they see a swing set and they say daddy can we go swing on those swings and he has to say no and um, it's the first time that he knows he's going to have to sit down his daughters and tell mm-hmm. them that because of the color of their skin they're a second class citizen in their country right. uh, and because they're they're women in some ways too. Mm-hmm. That could be a different mm-hmm. discussion. Uh, so he sits down and and he just you know he explains it to him, but he puts a different spin. And he says, "You are two very powerful girls, so powerful uh, that it takes the city council, <laughs> the sheriff." You know, in this instance, the whole Supreme Court right. to try and stop you yeah. from being the powerful, incredible young ladies. You know, your presence threatens the whole state of Florida, mm-hmm, he tells them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say to women at some mm-hmm. level. Supreme Court, very powerful. Right. Incredible institution. Right. Uh, Congress, all three branches of, you know, of, uh, of government, all of that. None have as much no. power as the collective female voice um, in, in our country, and it's important to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, you know I do tend to respect our institutions. I don't always respect the people in the institutions, right. but I think that you know that there are always arguments to be made, and I um, honor those who consider themselves pro-life. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, acknowledge them. Um, I congratulate those who are thrilled with this, uh, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I highly um, believe in you know the rights of Americans to make decisions for their bodies and to connect you know to, to connect that. And there is you know something to be said. And I think a lot of people are saying, you know, what's your position? Are you pro-life, pro-choice? I think a lot of people right now have to say, what what you know? How do we best limit? abortions that don't right. need to be limited in our society and encourage yes. people who want to live healthy lives or to have their kids to know that they can have them. And so mm-hmm. what's what's the position? Is it 18 weeks? Is it 15 mm-hmm. weeks? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, uh, you know, of course, you know, beyond that, the instances of rape and yeah, um, uh, all those sorts mm-hmm. of things, you know, but, you know, how are we educating and empowering women all across the world to know how powerful they are mm-hmm. uh, and to then make the best decisions in, in, in a society, hopefully, that supports them, a healthcare right. system. Right. Uh, you know, educating um, you know males too mm-hmm. uh, on all of these sorts of things, and so I'm sorry to go on and on, but it's such a complicated issue. And um, you know, what I want for people, or what I want people who have considered themselves as spiritual people, just like you said, is to to know that as much of a gut punch something is. And and again, I feel silly saying because I'm a guy, I'm not directly affected by this, mm-hmm. but to to know that that spiritual resilience, that this is an opportunity not to give up. But to remember the truth of who you are and Mm -hmm. the truth of people around you and to stand by that. Use your vote, use your criticism, and, you know, maybe see if we can get through this without damning the other side. Right, exactly. Yeah, that that is the last thing you said, so important 
to respond uh, powerfully with uh, love and compassion and know that we can we can move forward and become a better world, uh, the enlightened citizenry that Dr. Roger used to talk about, if you will, um, that can find uh, solutions and ways that can, as our teaching teaches us, uh, be a solution for everybody, a world that works for everyone. What does that look like around this issue, right? So I, I like I said, I don't know that I know it, but I know it's there. Yeah. I can feel it. It's there. And I feel that with a lot of the issues in the world, like we're, we get, we get, caught up in the problems and 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 we don't bring our great dreams of possibilities we get caught up in the problem mm-hmm. and there will be some time where we'll be, we're going to be caught up in this problem just because of that wound you talk about and that sense of another moment of oppression and that sort of thing but there will come a moment when we will triumph and we will come forth with solutions that can work for everyone yeah, and we did. I mean, it was an interesting thing. I know a lot of people didn't think it went far enough, but to me, it's it was interesting that on the same day that this court ruling came out, that you know all of us were expecting in some way, but still shocked by. It. And I, I think it speaks to that collective wound yeah. why that shock is there. But there was a uh, Senate bill passed that uh, put some limitations on um, you know firearms and who right. can have one and when right. they can have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was bipartisan, right. uh, and uh, you know I think. You know, no matter how many people get mad at the left or the right, when people are working together, or those who consider them some more mm-hmm. in the center, when when they do come together, or you know, the next time Justice Gorsuch seems to make a decision that you agree with, you know, uh, honor it or recognize it, right. or, or uh, Kagan or mm-hmm. whoever it is, whatever your political spectrum, there are those ideas where we can um, work together, and there's nothing wrong again with having an opposition and Absolutely. having someone that you disagree with, but if you cut off all room to work together, mm-hmm. then um, you were really doing ourselves a disservice as, yeah. as Americans, as hard as I know. It is. It really I, I don't. Can be. <laughs> I can't tell anyone who might be listening to this to not be furious or angry. No, uh, and I of get it. Not. And you know, I think I, I read Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day as renouncing his American citizenship. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, and uh, you know, God bless him. But yeah. there's that aspect to me that that you know when we give America to the other side and say they've won, we've really disempowered um, yeah. ourselves. And yeah. and uh, everyone's voice is, is important at the table. And, you know, when people remove their voices, it it, it feeds, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the polar opposites on the other side. And so I would encourage folks and, you know, getting ready for this Sunday. It's not easy, you know, giving no. a patriotic <laughs> sermon on Sunday for our um, Independence Day. But it's a quote I almost use from John McCain, which he says, you know, criticize your government. Um but make it better. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's so important to do that and, and participate in the process. And when we um, shut ourselves out of it, we forget our own citizenship mm-hmm. and our own our own power. So as hard as it is, mm-hmm. and I know it's hard, uh, you know, get in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you're speaking this Sunday and not me. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's a great. I'm and, sure it's going to be awesome. Really, truly. I mean, yeah, I, and, I, I always love how you do these services. And we don't. You know, I think uh, I think America is something sacred. I do uh, too. It's something we all hold to, and so it is an important part of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we're um, that we can be um, we can talk about America without being 
ultra-partisan. Right. Uh, and we can speak sometimes to social issues and to do it from a consciousness of wholeness, not a consciousness of blame, of pointing fingers. And I mm-hmm. think that um, because of our openness and our welcoming to people who have different positions, it allows us to do that. And so mm-hmm. I hope we create a sanctuary yes. um, someday. And you know, I was just about to ask you what you're looking forward to uh, at Mile High coming up in July. And I am still, despite outward conditions, really looking forward to this Sunday. And we've got a, uh, a picnic and great music after yes. service. Uh, Jennifer Burnett and Mark Marley are in their Neil Diamond tribute band oh. are uh, going to play. We'll see how that goes in, yeah. the, in the summer heat. Yeah. I'm hoping for Solitary Man a couple times. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> but what are, what are you looking forward to at well, Mount High in July? I always love that picnic. That picnic is just a blast. It just feels like it's the community coming together and we uh, we get to just really see each other in fun, joyful, dancing and laughing and enjoying. So I look forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to um, a speaker we're having here in, in July. Of course, we have uh, Matt Kahn coming back for his postponed event that was supposed uh, to be in June. <laughs> the return. <laughs> the, of return the return of, of Matt, Matt Kahn. Kahn. But uh, the end of July on the 24th, we have um, Nick Lawrence coming to speak about um, – about having a holistic brain and and I think dealing with some of the issues that people may be experiencing not only from uh, the pandemic but from decisions that are being made right now through the government that they don't agree with or the war in Ukraine or whatever issues are creating anxiety. Nick is going to teach us how to have a more holistic brain and how to deal with and um, manage anxiety and our frustrations in a way that really works for our brain. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I, yeah. I think it's great. I think one of the things, and we've talked about this as spiritual leaders and as churches, is how do we stay relevant and to people's lives. And I love you know several of the things that you're leading uh, this month, including you know uh, uh, bringing Nick in. And I know you're doing a two part series in, in honor of our right. uh, health and well being initiative. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's what's up for people: lack of spiritual connection, anxiety. Right. Trauma, right. mm-hmm. these sorts of things, and so I love that in your messages and in the people you're bringing to share with us is that you're talking about things that are really real and uh, relevant for people. And so I hope people get involved and, and participate Thank in that. You. And so uh, Michelle, we may do this again. Yes, uh, but it was great to uh, connect. I appreciate you, you and honor you, and please take good care of yourself so that you can keep taking uh, good care of the rest of us. Thanks, you too, Josh. <laughs>